listeners, welcome once again to the um, Kenyan American in the United States podcast. This is your host, Grace, and I'm excited that you have joined us again. We look forward to an exciting um, uh, episode today, and uh, Steve will be joining us in just a short while. So yeah, hold tight and we'll start. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It is free. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello yet again. So today we are going to be talking about a topic. So Steve doesn't know what topic we're talking about yet. That's why I didn't even mention it in the intro. But um, I'm going to uh, sort of surprise him with some questions. Um and then once you know you hear the first question then you'll know the what we're talking about <laughs> okay so oh, i don't get an intro <laughs> oh yeah sorry uh, steve say hello right. to the listeners hello listeners uh which podcast is this is this our podcast number 10 or? yes look at us so double we're, digits we're past the pod crash we're past the pod crashing phase and uh, the, the pod fading and the pod crashing. <laughs> just pod in front of everything is yes. the, the theme. Kind of like bio was back in the day. Bio this, bio that. Biotech, bioluminescence, bio... Bioinformatics. Bioinformatics. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that one. Yeah. How many do I do before I get the official badge of co-host? <laughs> or even like sub-host? <laughs> you can get it right now. All right. Well, I have to see how I do these questions. Um, okay, so wild card round. Let's see how this goes. Yeah, this is a wild card for Steve. Okay. Um, so he's looking over my shoulder to, uh, to get an idea of what it is. But the first question that I want to ask you... I don't have my contacts in, so I, oh, I'm good. just going by sound of voice anyway. So. Oh, his vision is like 2300. It's not, <laughs> it's not it's great. It's pretty bad. So that's... Yeah. Uh, you can't see anything. <laughs> Um, yeah, so the first question uh, is about you as a dad. Um, okay. And uh, do you see yourself in your son? I guess, I don't <laughs> know, if, is he mine too? <laughs> <laughs> do I see myself in my son? Either physically or personality wise or oh, yeah. um, aspirationally, anything. Like aspiration that. like his aspirations or my aspirations your aspirations <laughs> oh, so <I'm> things <laughs> his aspirations for the day are like throwing stones in water <laughs> turning stones um yeah okay so um let's see well physically yeah i you know i don't know if we've told the story about um when we're at the park and someone assumed that you were the nanny and then I came <laughs> over and they said, oh, that's definitely the dad. <laughs> you look like it. You look like But I look like the nanny. Yeah, it, it's not as uh, prevalent now, but when he was really young, he maybe it's because like, I'm bald and he was bald as well, but uh, we used to look very, very similar. Um, but uh, yeah, like he's got the physical attributes. Uh, we have that Darwinian point on our ears where we have kind of slightly pointy ears. 
Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of interesting. It's, it's kind of cool having, um, you know, being one of the interesting things about being in an interracial relationship is that, you know, we're never going to look like brother and sister. So like our kids, I kind of look exactly like us because <laughs> I, you know, that's uh I think it's a great thing. I've, I've seen some kids that look almost identical to their parents and, you know, the parents look identical to each other. <laughs> so yeah, it's neat that he's going to have a little bit of, he looks like us, um, but he also has his own characteristic, like his very unique characteristics of, you know, like, his hair and uh you know his skin tone and things like that so so yeah um personality wise um you know it's still early on like his personality is just now starting to come out and i think uh he's very extroverted i you know we <laughs> he loves people he loves people we we, we don't really love people that much <laughs> We're kind of homebodies and be happy with a good book, but uh, he's uh, he's definitely yeah. extroverted and excited about. Uh, Do you think we have social anxiety because we don't like going to parties? But I mean, we actually like talking to people one on one. But yeah, I don't know. That's a skill I've never really uh, mastered is having a conversation with more than two people. Uh, you know, past two people, I can't really. I, I, don't, I never find an opening to actually engage in the conversation without feeling rude about talking over someone or, you know, the opening just never presents itself because everybody's talking at once. So, mm-hmm. yeah, like two to three is like the most I can do with a conversation. And then mm-hmm. if not, then I'm just going to like sit there quietly and <laughs> listen. I know I found myself, especially if somebody is an acquaintance, I found myself, it's like if I saw them in the morning once and we already did like the, just like the token greetings. Hi, how's your day? You know, nice it is. Yeah. If I see them from far, I just, I don't know. I just get stressed and I take a really long route to avoid oh, wow. <laughs> yet another session of, hi, how's it? Like, I don't know. It's just, it scares it not really scares me it just really unsettles me and uh, i go to great lengths to just avoid it <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i, I don't think amani would be like that also uh, no i don't think so either i think that uh that's one of the things that it's great about having kids is that uh the next generation they're gonna have these traits that maybe you don't like about yourself that maybe they won't have um and I, you know i I have struggled with kind of social anxiety as well, um, especially when I was much younger. Um, so yeah, the, the fact that he's kind of extroverted is is great, you know. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely very very. It's like one thing you see as a kid comes to, into himself, and I don't know if it's too early. I, like he might morph into more introverted personality, but yeah, I've seen that too, and sometimes. I wonder where he got that because it's not from either one of us. Yeah, and um, you know, I I don't know if that's gonna go away because uh, the other day, yeah, we were in the pool and we we're social distance from the rest of the residents, and uh, he's we're everybody's talking, and he is standing there chattering away as fast as he can go trying to like pretend like he's in the conversation having part of the conversation so he was excited to be part of that uh like because he felt like he was part of the group so he was really excited about <laughs> that. anybody was listening to him so yeah. yeah all right so to give steve even more of an idea of what we are scare- uh, ambushing him these questions about we're doing a reverse chronological order 
of his parenting experiences from his perspective and will definitely infuse our cultural perspectives, both of us. Uh, so yeah, it's it's gonna be chronological, so you can imagine where it will end, and it's reverse chronological. Reverse chronological, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's only eighteen months, so I haven't been a dad that long, so it doesn't really matter for me. That's my point. Yeah. If we go forward or backwards, it's not too <laughs> relevant. <laughs> they're they're all still pretty fresh. <laughs> but, but all right, let's let's uh, trek on back. To the year 1919, or 1918, <laughs> or I'm sorry, 2018, 1990, that would be going way back, <laughs> 2018. All right, so yeah, he's not a toddler, and um, I don't know if you remember all the, the fourth trimester to me was a blur, like, so to me that was like his first three months when he was still pretty much, I feel like a fetus, because when babies are that young, um, I it just felt for me it felt like he was so young and he was very um, like I remember reading up and I and listening and hearing that um, at that point even if he smiles it's probably just gas and <laughs> you're literally just keeping him alive and making sure. I remember you used to sleep next to his crib because you'd be freaking out like what if like I want to be here and make sure he's still breathing. And <laughs> it's like. There's no reassurance of all the slaving away and waking up every two hours to feed him and all yeah. of that. Uh, that was my experience. So, but I'm curious how your experiences for those newborn, like the fourth trimester, what I consider fourth trimester, like people consider the fourth trimester. How was that to you? Because it's not like that was probably the first trimester for you. It's not like you were pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh... I, you know, I think there's kind of this interesting thing in that there's a little bit of relief that there's something you can do to help. Uh, as a guy, you know, the woman's going through the, the three trimesters of pregnancy. You're doing as much as you can to make them feel comfortable, make sure they're rested, uh, making dinners and things like that. But there's not really a lot of direct things that you can do. And so once the baby's born... You can kind of say, okay, I, I can help you out from here. I can kind of watch the baby, uh, as long as the you know the, the the breast milk's pumped, then you can kind of help out uh, and share the burden, uh, so that you know everybody's you know as happy as we can get, um, you know, during that pretty stressful time. Uh, so that, that that's one feeling I had towards it was just that you know being able to be proactive about it. Um, and uh yeah but i think i might have been a little too proactive because yes I, I think i remember just sleeping on the floor next to his uh his bed um or his pack and play or whatever we had there but uh yeah it um it goes by really 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 quickly and i, I think me and you were joking one time about uh you know your test as a couple if you want to have a kid or if you you know you're serious about uh even being in like a long-term relationship with somebody just stay awake for like two days straight and try not to fight and then if you make it through that i think you're okay i think you can you know <laughs> kind of i think you're going to be great about any relationship you have um but uh yeah that like that goes by so quick um but no it, it you know i i instantaneously bonded um you know i 
I know they say it's gas and everything else, and I I don't really care. <laughs> oh, so you thought he was smiling? You didn't think it was just gas? <laughs> because I remember the nurse telling me, I was like, oh, he's smiling. I was like, oh yeah. At this point, they're not in a position to relate. Like when they're so young, apparently they all they can do is smell you and it's just feel comfortable and familiar. But they actually do not like. I don't know. They just kind of bust my bubble about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> We, we, we learn a little bit more about uh, the neurology of uh, babies. Um, so, you know, to say one way definitive or the other is still probably a little early, but it might just be gas. But, you know, it was making me happy. So, <laughs> and, you know, the the comfort level that he was feeling was good. So, uh, mm. yeah, yeah. So, uh, that was my initial take on it. I think it helped that you bonded immediately because for me, um, I've, I've read books where people say that the first time they held their baby was magical and amazing and they could hear like unicorn singing. And, <laughs> like some, I was expecting that magic, but just to be very blunt, uh-huh. for me, like I saw him, I thought he was um, so cute. It was a miracle. I thought I loved him, but... It took me a while to fall in love with him. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, I don't think I can say that, like, the way a lot of, I've seen a lot of moms who say that they instantly bonded and it was magic. Yeah. Um, and maybe it, sometimes my theory is, so my, my hypothesis about this is maybe it's related to my love language. I like quality time and being able to see that um, we can mirror each other's experiences and we can relate and we can talk not even talking but just communicate and at least for that first trimester like um sorry the fourth trimester the first few weeks i just felt like he was i mean it's not like he's still like an infant so it's nothing no fault of his own but um (laughs) it took me a while to like know who he is and feel bonded towards him i mean i loved him i cared about him i still i mean he's i, I love him i care about him I, at the time like in that stage um yeah to be honest like i didn't feel the magic people talk about right so it's and, good that you did yeah but you know i feel like that's kind of a a bit of undue pressure you know after after having the birth after having you know, that long process of pregnancy and then having that process of the breastfeeding and all that, um, to say, you know, you're not gonna get any sleep, your body's a wreck, um, but make sure you bond this baby immediately is probably a little bit too much pressure. I mean, I, I don't know if you could have bonded to anything at that point, you know, I, I, I think that it's just, uh, it's a lot yeah. to ask because they're sleep deprived, um, yeah. And then just like the basic, like learning the baby, like to latch, like that breastfeeding is a whole category of the stuff you have to master. Yeah. And um, I don't think, so initially when, as, as soon as the baby is born, I just remember like um, even giving formula was, it, it felt like it was frowned upon. So no matter what, like you're supposed to keep trying and keep trying. Yeah. And it just felt like a lot to juggle. Yeah. Um, when the baby's really young, is really like, honestly though, in future I think I will just be more open to trying different things, including formula, <laughs> early yeah. on instead of just stressing about everything. 
Yeah, I, I know. I know we did a lot of research, uh, but we were always just being inundated with a tremendous amount of advice. Um, yes. You know, the advice would come and come, 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 and uh, you know, even though we we were medical researchers and we had a pretty good idea of a lot of this stuff and where to find the good information. Yeah. Um, you know, we would still get just all this advice, and the the one that. Uh, really is just one that always sticks with me that I did never really get comfortable with people saying to me was, oh, enjoy it now, enjoy it now, enjoy it now, was this thing that people would just keep saying and saying and saying. Um, and I think there was somebody that we knew, a comic acquaintance who had a, a child, and they were only about three or four months older than Imani was, and they were just saying, enjoy it now, because it gets terrible, or enjoy it now, because it gets worse. And I, I never understood, like, what phase that she was talking about, because, you know, it, it, if anything, it's gotten oh, yeah. easier. And, yeah, this uh, girl that walked down this, this street, like, on this... Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember. It, it was very unnerving, because she'd say, oh, this is the best stage of you're ever going to have. Enjoy it, because it gets worse. But I think... To be honest, it's the reverse. He's gotten so much more fun. It's yeah. like, he's just a little like he's so funny. He's so cute. He's so engaging. <laughs> yeah. He's just a little tiny human who's just he, his own self. You know. It's, yeah. I find it a lot more enjoyable now. Right. And you know it's. <laughs> they always say, "Oh, enjoy this now. Enjoy this now." And, but there's. There's ups and downs to every period and having a, you know, raising a child, I think. Um, I know we're still pretty early on in the process, but I remember being at, um, you know, one of the holidays we were talking about, and uh, my brother-in-law was there, and, you know, his kids were teenagers. They were able to sit there and watch movies together and stuff like that, and he didn't have to. He could also work a little bit, and, you know, he had a lot more free time and some you know, time to enjoy himself while I was there as well, spend some quality time with his kids. You know, and I was there too, but, you know, Amani was the primary focus while I was there, um, mm. making sure that he was okay and watching after him. So, I, yeah, there is <laughs> there is this, uh, to keep saying, oh, enjoy it now, I just, yeah, don't don't ever say that to a parent is what I would, my, my <laughs> advice as a parent. advice. Yeah, my unsolicited advice is don't ever say to a parent, enjoy it while you, Enjoy it now, because that just—it's a weird thing to say. So. I mean, beyond that, each baby is so different, and right. I remember my friends telling me how easy, like on those times when, um, I felt like we were having a little bit like the early, very like newborn stages when we felt like we were having like a challenge with colic and the yeah. witching hour. My friend was like, "Oh, my baby never cries; he sleeps right. through the night." I have to wake him up, and I was like, "Wow, like babies are so different." Yeah. <laughs> some babies love to be swaddled, and some people would swear like you have to swaddle. Like, a man never wanted to be swaddled. Right. So if you say enjoy it now, that's probably just your baby who's like that. Not everybody's baby <laughs> is gonna be at that stage just exactly the same. Right. Yeah, that's that's the trouble with uh, that unsolicited advice is that uh, you're going to get a lot of it and most of it's very anecdotal, very specific to the baby. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, we had read a lot um, yeah. and we had talked to a lot of people that we knew and, uh, you know, and 
Some of them would say things with absolute certainty, and they weren't even remotely correct. Um, and I won't name names, and I'll say it, and you'll know who I'm talking about. <laughs> you probably don't want to say anything. I can almost guess what you're going to say. That uh, they were swearing up and down that babies had no sense of smell until, I think they said six months or something like that. And we had looked it up, and babies have a very strong sense of smell. We love this person. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yes. But we won't say who the person was because we don't want to embarrass them. But uh, yes, they, they, had, they made They're this, our favorite person. They made an outrageous claim, um, and so yeah, we we thought that was funny. Yeah, it was funny. Yeah, it was it was really interesting to hear all the advice, and I think it usually comes from a good place, and so I think that's why it's even more interesting to hear all this. So as soon as somebody realizes you're pregnant, they want to tell you, like, and sometimes it's the oddest thing, like this is a complete stranger and they're telling you exactly how, what you should do during your birth and very (laughs) intrusive advice. Yeah. It's like, wait, I just met you. (laughs) Hashtag title nine. (laughs) Right. And, uh, to pull back towards the, uh, the theme of the podcast, um, about the, the, the cultural thing, uh, the cultural clash of, you know, raising a baby. We didn't really experience it too much there was a little bit of advice from you know your side um about certain things that we should do uh but you know my uh my my brother who's married uh to a woman from hong kong they had very specific things about what she was supposed to eat what she was supposed to do um so uh, I think it was like shark fin soup was the the big thing <laughs> wow. that they were supposed to do uh, Sounds dangerous. Like, how do you find the shark fin? Like, would, uh, whoever f- sells you that would probably not live to tell the tale. <laughs> yeah, it might not be that. I'm not even sure if that's legal soup. I don't even know. Um, that 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 might not have been the the one they had. I just remember there was a specific soup that she was supposed to have that was good for the uh, the health of the baby. Um, but yeah. I, I don't think we actually like uh there wasn't a really a big cultural thing i i think we the biggest cultural thing that we ran into was uh naming uh the naming of the baby and we kind of struck a pretty nice compromise on that so. yeah so we ended up with a swahili name mm-hmm. first name and then middle name was middle and last name were all american and yeah. after middle name was after your family right yeah it was a family mm-hmm. name and then uh yeah, my my last name. So, yeah, that was a pretty good compromise. But uh, is there anything? So, if we had had the baby in Kenya, mm-hmm. would the advice have been? Would there have been more advice? Oh yeah, um, and also on top of that, we'd have had. I think we'd have had a lot more help because I remember. Like, remember we were talking about house girls. Oh yeah. You can get somebody to live in and pretty much be a night nurse and. Um, help with everything and it's very affordable (laughs) and um, also beyond that there's special dishes you're supposed to eat so there's this thing called njahe i've actually never seen it in the u.s i don't even know the english name it's uh i only know like the biological name lab lab pulporius <laughs> well, that, that, thank you for clearing that up. <laughs> what, 
one percent of the one percent of one percent of the like point zero one percent of the audience just goes, oh yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, know exactly gosh. what you're talking about now. <laughs> I've never. There's one time I bought it off of Amazon. I don't know where it was. It came from. Uh-huh. Uh, I think it's like a black bean with a white stripe. Um, oh yeah, you. Kenyans would know it. It's called jahe, and but I don't know what it's called. Like it's not the regular black beans you would imagine. It tastes very different. You have to cook it differently. Yeah, I remember we had it. It was good. Um, yeah, it's a sauce of it's. It's a really. It's got a lot of. It's infused with um, nutrition and including some rare amino acids that you typically would get from meat. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, it's one of those that people when you're giving like after you've had a baby, um, people make you that dish just because you're healing. Um, yeah. There's a lot like you've had, undergone a major trauma. Um, and so, um, a lot of people would cook that and then bone soup. Um, so those are, these like special dishes for mothers who just had babies like mm. that. So that would be a big thing. But, um, oh, I actually studied that for my master's, um, part of that, like that plant, the genetic, um, it's like how diversity is genetically from like the wild type to the, Okay, let me not get into the boring details. <laughs> yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm interested. <laughs> but but uh, uh, yeah, that's some of the things that would happen. And then it's also related, like based on the tribe. Some tribes mm. would have extra, so as far as naming goes, some tribes have certain names based on the time of day, the season, um, or okay. who you're supposed to be named after, like who in the family, based on your birth order. So there was, there'd be, I mean, but then at the end of the day, you don't have to observe everything because these days, especially if you live in the cities. Um, you told me about this. This is probably something really interesting that most people uh, outside of Kenya wouldn't know is that they're named, uh, the family name that they take, it me implies that they're the reincarnation of that person or something along those lines. Is that... So kind of how it works. You were explaining this to me that uh, the second daughter is named after the grandmother, and they're supposed to be kind of the take the traits of the grandmother. Is that kind of how it is, or? Yeah. So, um, I wouldn't say exactly reincarnation, but yeah, you're right. It's it's more of like the birth order usually. So, for example, the first son mm-hmm. would take the name would be named after. Um, after the generation of um, would be named after the side of the dad. Um, does that make sense? Yes. <laughs> so, the first son would be named after the dad, and then the second, like the first, same for the first daughter, would be named after the dad's side, and then the the second one would be named after the mom's side. Um, but then they would start with the mom's mom, and then like they keep going down like that. And then right. the indication is the implication is you would have sh- like you'd be sharing certain traits. Right. Um, and like for me, uh, my mom sometimes says that. Uh, so I'm the second girl out of four. Mm-hmm. Um, oh no, it's not four girls. Second girl out of four kids right. overall, and uh, so I am. Um, I'm supposed to be sort of similar to her mom, my mm. mom's mom, my grandma, right. on my mom's side. Um, and so there's one time I was, I love huge cups. Like I make tea with massive, massive cups just cause 
I don't like when I eat and then I run out of tea and then I have to go make more or coffee, you know. And so there's one time they were visiting and I had this humongous cup. They're probably as big as your head. <laughs> and just so that you have your tea. If you don't, if you run out of it, you just rewarm it. It's like it's a bucket at that point, I'm pretty, pretty sure. Pretty much. It's like, it's like a bucket, but at least it fits in a big microwave. Okay. <laughs> if you need to rewarm it. And so I remember my mom saying that that reminds like that characteristic when I was making a lot of like, I would serve them in those big cups. Mm-hmm. And she was like, she just like thought it was hilarious. And she, th- she thought that it reminded her of her mom, like uh, my grandmother, uh-huh. because she's very generous. Mm-hmm. Um, if anybody goes to visit her, you'll be sent home with bags of produce, like organic produce from her farm. <laughs> uh, she just gives you abundant stuff. And so she was like, oh, yeah, that's like, no wonder you're named after her. So it's kind of, I don't know if that makes, it's not exactly reincarnation because these are people who are still living, but you find yourself having traits similar to them. Right. But I don't know if it's true. I don't know. Like, I guess you could find truth in anything. No, yeah. I, there, There is always that rush to say, oh, this person, or this baby has my trait or that trait or this trait that's similar. And even we, we do that sometimes. Like, oh, he looks like his cousin when he does this or that. Um, so, yeah, I, I completely understand it. I think it's natural to try to assign traits and fi- figure out where they come from, especially his geneticist. We do that. <laughs> so, yeah, it is interesting. Uh, I'm just, uh, it's kind of funny if somebody had a lot of kids, um, you know, but they just start running out of names, like, you know, the traits of a, a neighbor that was really nice or something, you know, <laughs> you oh, would just yeah. start running That's out of, like, people to assign to the family, yeah, so. Gosh, yeah. <laughs> Especially if you didn't have big families on either side, like siblings and aunts and. Right. Then you run out of names. <laughs> yeah okay yeah uh, that's good good catch on bringing it wrapping it into the theme of the podcast so yeah you've earned your co-host badge there oh there there. we go great yeah (laughs) yeah so uh we keep we are going to continue surprising you with more questions one more question a couple one more more question one more question okay (laughs) i'm gonna make it count this last one okay so, um, gosh, I still have like two more, but I'll just ask you one. All right. You can do two questions, but they'll be short answers. <laughs> okay. So what was my birth experience like for you? <laughs> okay. Uh, your birth experience like for me, um, the actual birth when we were in the hospital and all that? Yeah, all of that. Oh, um... It was uh, it was okay. Um, it was a little bit uneventful. Um, there was one scare, um, and it's uh, you know, it's a, it's a long process, and you're there in the hospital for a few days. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I think that I had built it up. You know, like oh gosh, this is gonna be you know super 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 terrible, and she's gonna be really you know it's. It's something, if you've never been in the room, you've really only seen it through TV, and TV heavily dramatizes it of just how, you know, the woman's <laughs> squeezing your hand and yelling at you Oh, that reminds me of a show. The show I used to watch and used to used to like, laugh about it. You used to tease me. Remember that British show with moms who constantly give butts and scream? Oh, Call the Midwife. Call yes. the Midwife. <laughs> yeah, because... 
I'd come home to just screaming and just <laughs> I yelling. love that show. I'm sure it's a wonderful show, but yes, there was just constant stream of yelling. And I, I remember you also started to watch World War II documentaries. <laughs> yes. You were pregnant, and I said, that's probably not good. The baby can't hear some of that. Yeah, and very interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, but uh, yeah, it... Um, you know, we were there, we were watching movies, my mom was there, and, um, you know, it. there was about eight hours where, you know, you were really uncomfortable, and, you know, we're trying to make sure you're okay, and then, you know, it just kind of all of a sudden just happened. Uh, luckily, our OBGYN was there, and, um, yeah, and then... Then you got a chance to rest a bit. Uh, we'll get to see the baby and learn a little bit, like change his diaper and all that. So it, uh, you know, it, it was really a lot more peaceful and calming and wonderful than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be like really hectic and scary and terrifying. And, and there is a little element of that. Uh, but really it was, you know, once you were okay and you were okay and the baby was okay, you can kind of take a, a sigh of relief and it, you know, it wasn't as just, you know, I think my mom was there. She was really supportive. Well, I know my mom was there, but she was really supportive and everybody was really supportive. And it was just like this really great team effort. Um, so, yeah, that was what it was like for me. That's not really a short answer, but. Yeah, I remember one time you say that, um, that for you, it felt like you went to the, the um, like, I don't know, what, up the shelter and got a really cute puppy. And so you were able to bond without, like, having to worry about like healing and any of that and so it has, so I'm kind of tying it to your oh, yeah. your answer um and so when you first saw Amani did it was there any sort of mental like um turmoil you had underwent it sounds like it was peaceful so you were able to just like instantly be in that mindset to yeah yeah well you know instantly i just I, I felt bonded to him um and that's not to say that that's going to be everybody's experience that was just my experience that i knew how stressful it was at the time uh for both of us and i knew we had done like some research it was that that great book that we read about you know um i think it was a baby brain um but it was a, a molecular biologist was talking about the trying to create an environment of comfort for your baby and the way to do that is a really strong division of labor um, between the two parents um, and I you know I <laughs> I like to learn new things anyways and so I was kind of fascinated by learning all these new skills uh, I never really never really occurred to me that it was one thing was somebody's job and the other thing was somebody else's job I always thought that it was our job to do all this stuff so yeah and uh I don't know, that's another thing that uh, a really weird misrepresentation of television of guys not knowing how to change a diaper or something. I mean, it's once you do it once, it's pretty straightforward. It's not like it's it's extremely complicated process. And uh, yeah, it might be gross the first time you do it, but uh, like two two diapers in, you're just used to it. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, so you want that to be the last question or can I ask another one? No, well, sure. Go ahead. So, um, remember all the baby supplies we bought. Um, if we were to ever have another kid, 
what supplies would you think uh, that were completely useless and what would you think we really have to have after your first experience? <laughs> um, oh gosh, that's a great question because it, it ties back to the, the individual nature of the babies. Um, we had a lot of pacifiers that we never used. Uh, Amani has never taken a pacifier. So yeah, it's... Um, it's hard to say what you're going to use and what you're not. Uh, those swaddles we never really used because he never really liked to be swaddled. He didn't like to be, you know, confined in, but maybe the next baby would. Uh, so I, I think that we'd probably just kind of have to have uh, Amazon Prime on the ready for the stuff we'd probably need. We probably wouldn't buy a lot of stuff in advance. Um, yeah. I feel the same way. Yeah. I, just diapers and wipes. <laughs> just diapers and wipes and kind of... And the... the was it? Sanitization stuff. We actually still yeah. use the... the <laughs> we have the, the sanitizer kit where we used to like microwave the bottles and... Uh, oh, no, we use it for popcorn. <laughs> no, we use it for popcorn. We just... Yeah, because it had that thing you just take out of the middle and so we just have this big container that has a lid on it so you just shake it up and you have some good butter in there. So, yeah, it makes a really great popcorn bowl. <laughs> So yeah, we've we've repurposed some of it, um, but yeah, past that, uh, it yeah, there's not a lot of stuff. I don't think he even slept in his crib for a good year. Yeah. Like he slept in the park and play, and he didn't really want to sleep in the crib for yeah, a while. I that. So yeah, like I'm with you. Like there's no point in buying all this stuff on the registry, expensive stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's easier now because we, we know what he likes. We can buy him stuff, you know. We know he likes picture books. We know he likes certain things. And so we don't really run the risk of buying something that we're not going to use. But, um, yeah, it's it's hard to say. Because there, there was recommendations for buying a swing and other things. And, uh, you know, we, we just never would have used those. <laughs> so, yeah. Thank you so much for joining us for this podcast and we hope you've enjoyed it. We'd love to hear from you. Connect with us um, on email. Our email is grace.kisirkoi at manismartphd.com. I'll also leave uh, information about our socials like um, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. We're all over those places. So yeah, we'd love to connect with you there. All right, have a great one and uh, look forward to seeing you again and hearing from you.